The following podcast contains adult language and themes. Listener discretion is advised. Stop with the doom scrolling and put down your phone. It's time for Going There. Taboo Topics are back on the table. Hello there, world. I'm Matt. I am LeJohn. And I am Joe, and this is the Going There podcast. Guys, what are we talking about today? That bullshit, that fake stuff. (laughs) Media literacy and fake news. I I tell you, it is probably an epidemic in our society right now where it's causing so much of the division and the pain and the suffering and the anger and the hate because people aren't getting facts. And the bullshit. And the bullshit. They're getting bullshit, but they're not getting the facts. And this is something that I wanted to have on this podcast as a topic the minute we said, let's do a podcast, because it's just so important. The problem is the people who are so diametrically opposed to us, they are not going to get this, but I'm hoping to get some of you fringe people. We have an amazing guest who is just so educated in this. She is actually my former professor at Kent State University in the journalism and mass communication department. Joe had her for some classes. Mike had her for a a class or two. And Tyler may have even had her. And she ain't with the bullshit. (laughs) And she is uh, calling from her car because, uh, you know, college doesn't pay that well. I'm kidding. She's recently retired. She's calling from her car because they're reciting her house. So she's sitting parked in the freezing cold at the park. She's such a good sport. Jan Leach, thank you so much for being with us. It is a pleasure to be here. And you are sitting in your car um, <laughs> out at a park I in 20-degree weather. You are a trooper. We office really appreciate hours. it. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, office hours. The break yeah, room. It's, it's technically, it's 23 degrees, yeah. And it's snowing. I mean, did anybody predict snow today? I don't know if it's snowing where you are, but it's I, snowing here. Yeah, I was I was up actually really early, and they had salt trucks and everything out. I was like, I didn't yeah. think we were going to get hit by anything. Um, and I... I thought that the you know the siding people wouldn't come in the snow, but you know they're there. So here I am in the park. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your career? So I uh, went to school to be a journalist. I got a, an undergraduate degree in journalism, and I became that. I became a journalist, which is, as you all probably know, not that many people who start out with one major stay in that major. So, but you know, it was the '70s. So what can I say? Um, <laughs> You know, I was a reporter. I was an editor. I was a copy editor. I worked at a whole bunch of different newspapers. Newspapers were my thing. And um, I eventually ended up in Akron as the editor and vice president of the Akron Beacon Journal. And um, after I had been there a couple of years, I think five or six years, um, I left the newspaper. uh, And that was right at the height of a whole lot of changes in the newspaper industry. And I joined the faculty at Kent State. I then got my master's degree in ethics and 
as Matt knows, I started teaching the media ethics course, which is a required course. So I became a professor. I really enjoyed the class. I really enjoyed the topic. I really enjoyed teaching. And then last spring, like the day after my birthday, uh, Kent closed. And so we went immediately online. And I had tried teaching online previously. I didn't really like it. And I had planned to retire this year. So like in May of this this current year, but then Ken offered a buyout and I took it. So And now you're in your car. <laughs> and now I'm in my car. Right? And, this is and, a and, cautionary and, tale. Right. That's what I, you know what? You're right. I should have thought about that. I mean, um, well, I'm in my car for a different reason, but right. yes, that's right. And it's a nice so, car, I imagine. She's selling off her aluminum <laughs> siding to get money for the scrap. <laughs> it's a process. I, I like that. It's a process. Thank you. So to come full circle, because actually on a previous episode, we had Catherine Bosley on, right. and I was in your media ethics class when that entire you know narrative went down about what she had gone through, and we actually discussed it. And it's it's so bizarre years later. Yeah, to me, this is really awesome to have you on the show because I, I think I took a couple of your courses. They were some of my favorite ones. You you were always very fun and. I could always tell that you were somebody who was really passionate about what you did and what you taught. You know, you weren't just the academic in the ivory tower, like you'd been out there (laughs) and you'd gotten your, you know, you'd gotten the ink under your fingernails from the print industry for so many years. So it's funny. The first thing that I thought of when you said I wanted to be a journalist, I feel like the word journalist has become a four letter word in today's society and not (laughs) rightfully so, but Everybody thinks that their opinion is more important than fact. And so when somebody prints something or produces something that doesn't agree with their opinion, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, these journalists, you know, air quotes, journalists, like they're all they're all these con artists. This whole idea of fake news and the fact that people can't kind of decipher fact from fiction is uh, it's just wild, right? It, it really is. Um, so you you just like laid out a lot there. So I'll try to unpack it as I recall. <laughs> you don't have to touch on every single point. No, you <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So you know, journalist is is in fact um, uh, not the kind of thing a lot of parents want to hear from their kids when they say, "Oh, what do you want to be? I want to be a journalist." You know, people now are really very hesitant about that and very skeptical about that, and that's quite unfortunate when you think about it. And I'll just give you an example. How do we know? what happened on January 6th? How do we know what happened? We know because journalists risked their lives, essentially, and were photographing it and talking to people and getting the quotes and taking it down. We know information because journalists gave it to us. You you brought up a really important point, and oh my gosh, I'll try not to get on a soapbox, which I really couldn't do since I'm sitting in my car. But, <laughs> you know, journalists are trained to get information, review the facts, check things out. We were trained to get both sides of the story. I actually, frankly, think it's all sides of the story because there are so many sides now to different things. Journalists aren't necessarily opinion makers, right? There are people who write columns and things, and they can be journalists as well, but but news should be separate from opinion. And I think that's where we get into trouble so much now is because we're hearing so many people's opinion, but we're not separating opinion from fact, right? So that's where that whole credibility issue comes in with journalism. It's quite, quite unfortunate. Somebody, for example, goes to medical school and then people write it off like, I don't trust doctors. And and, and it's become that with journalists. 
And it's like you don't actually know what a journalist has to go through in order to put information out there and not fear litigation for misappropriation or libel, slander, whatever, because there are those loopholes when somebody says, well, I didn't say that. I posed it as a question. Right, right. I I wish more people had respect for the career path of a journalist and, and the kind of hoops you have to jump through to be able to even put something out there. I completely agree, of course. It's such an important profession to have. Think about what we would do without journalists. I mean, there would be like this incredible stew of stuff just sort of boiling around, you know, like, uh, what do we know? What do we not know? How do we believe this kind of thing? And so it's it's really a big issue in terms of credibility, in terms of journalists, what they can do, what they should do. And then you mix in all the different platforms of journalists. Now, I'm a longtime newspaper journalist, and, and the things that are happening in the newspaper industry are so sad to me. Um, but I don't think people necessarily need a newspaper anymore, but I do think they're going to need journalists forever and ever and ever. You add all these platforms in, you have online and social media and all kinds of different things where people can get information, like podcasts like this, what, what we're doing, right? And and then, you know, people have so many choices and sometimes it's just too much. You know, there, there's just too much. They can't sort it out. And so they resort to things that they agree with and they're not getting enough of the whole diet of media sources that they can get. And then you add on top of all of that misinformation and partisanship and this incredible situation. And that's kind of where we are. And I think the proliferation of that term fake news. And so, Matt, I'm so sorry you're not or you weren't in my recent classes because I actually added all kinds of things about deciphering truth, logical fallacies and fake news, because it's just a part of ethics, in my opinion. Do you put the onus on the consumer of the news or the journalists or the just oversaturation of content or just the hiring managers who are hiring people who might not be doing the due diligence they need to cover a story properly? So, Joe, that is such a good question. I mean, that is an amazing question. And what I'm going to say, and I'm not dodging it, is all of the above, really all of the above. There are lazy journalists who don't want to do their jobs, and there are partisan journalists who are doing their jobs, but in a way that is not necessarily balanced. I mean, they embrace bias and then they cover things with a bias, right? So mm-hmm. yes, journalists are at fault, right? I mean, remember, I'm, I'm a longtime newspaper journalist and we made a lot of mistakes and we assumed, you know, in the newspaper that hey, advertising was always going to be there and we would tell people what to know. And that was incredibly arrogant. And, you know, obviously that proved to be wrong. Right. So, yes, I yeah, Joe, I mean, I do. I, I, I do think journalists are at fault. I do think consumers are at fault. If you can say fault. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that it's word. Like, it's like willful, willful negligence or at least yeah. responsible for how we got lost. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. And part of the reason is we're too darn busy, right? People just, I mean, they stopped having time to read the newspaper. They're, they're really not sorting things through. They're not looking critically at it. And that's a whole piece of that whole media literacy question. And then there's just the industry. The industry itself is, you know, it's like a newspaper doesn't make money anymore, right? So how can people make money out of the commodity of news? And so how does Fox make money? How does, how does uh, ABC make money? And so it became an industry. There's a lot of owners who have no interest in journalism, meaning news or information at all. Yeah. And it's all about entertainment. 
entertainment. This has been a problem for a long time. You know, to say it's recent would be a lie, but it's become far more prevalent and obvious over the last four or five years. Here's a typical conversation I would get into online when I'm trying to just talk to people who on the other side of the aisle or who think differently from me objectively, which is kind of what the podcast is all about, and saying, okay, why do you think this? Take anything. Take the the election was rigged. Okay, why do you believe that? Well, because it was obviously people were dumping stuff off in the dumpsters and you're like, okay, but where did you see this? And then you'd get one of two responses. You'd get, I don't need to show you references. And it's like, okay, you don't have to, but then don't jump on my post and tell me some conspiracy theory. Or two, they would then send me like a Breitbart article. And so I actually got in a fight with my dad on the phone. Exhibit A, TikTok video. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, I said, Dad, the, the thing is, and I said, and part of it is due to your generation being that you were raised to believe that you should trust. It's Walter Cronkite. You should trust these people who are giving you the news. And they stopped critically thinking and analyzing these things for themselves. When you say media literacy, you might as well be speaking a foreign language to them because they don't really understand what you're talking about. Also, I will say just with that, you said that you know, we believe this person because they're they're on this soapbox. They're telling us that. Well, then why can't they believe somebody from a different news station also giving you information? Exactly. Because of agendas, right? right? I, I think. Well, it, yeah. Right. I think it's like line up. If you were in line A, you just started moving further left. And if you were line B, you moved further right. And I think it's kind of <laughs> like anything that doesn't fit in line with my reality just isn't real. And it's scary because we are living in an alternate reality than then I would say a scary, large section of our country, maybe world. So you guys, wow, this is amazing. I wish I could just sit and listen to you guys talk no, about No, this. no, no, no. <laughs> we, dr- we drink a lot. Uh, no, I mean, so Matt, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I know you guys have food there in the studio, and I like scarf down, you know, like turkey and ham oh, over, you know. She's like eating, she's eating prison food, living out of her car. I, while I know, People right? strip Honestly, off her side. that's what Man. happens when you retire. This is what happens when you don't have media literacy, damn it. I know. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, I'm coming to visit because Matt said I could come to the studio. And when I'm all vaccinated, I will come up and visit. And I love that. So and it's not I'm right and you're wrong. It's it's literally there's fact and then there's opinion. And I would be okay with all of the things that exist, continue existing. But like a Surgeon General's warning on the freaking box of saying this show is entertainment Right. Even right. though some people have accidentally quoted the onion, not realizing it yes. is a satire, the onion doesn't try to pretend it's real news. Right. That's true. So, so I have a huge problem, as we all should, with shows and personalities that try to dress themselves up like I am giving you information when really they're just opining over nonsense. And, and it's scary because people take it as gospel. America has a trust problem. And that's, I think, where this conversation really starts credibility uh, in news and information sources has declined. It's declined for years, right? So America has a trust problem. The new trust problem is they don't know who to believe. And so what happens when people don't know who to believe? They default to what they want to believe. Okay. So that's that whole part of confirmation bias, right? What happens with people is that you approach things from your point of view, right? Your world, your lived experience, your dad approaches things from his lived experience. 
somewhere in there, you know, you want to believe what you want to believe. He wants to believe what he wants to believe. And then we get in the middle. We hear people constantly telling us that's not right. That's wrong. That's fake. That's whatever it is. You default to your confirmation bias. You want to believe what you already know. It makes you comfortable. There are actual studies that show that when, if I confront you with news, you don't want to believe you will actually feel sick. You will feel physically sick about that. And so if you're, let's say you're an anti-vaxxer, we can talk about that. In fact, it's really um, important now in the middle of a pandemic. But the anti-vaxxers, if you tell them that study that that started it all out was disproven. The guy was, you know, lost his medical license. There are more kinds of things that show that vaccinations are not harmful than are harmful. If you say that to an anti-vaxxer and they feel physically ill about it, they're more likely to go back to, yeah, but. The yeah, but I've called things out and I try to do it. Okay. I'll be honest. <laughs> when it's somebody really close to me, obviously I don't have the kids' gloves on. But if it's somebody who's just like an acquaintance online, I'll do it very objectively and diplomatically. But the point is, I'll say, this has been disproven. Here's the article. And it, it's right. what you said is exactly right. It is, okay, yeah, but even if this person was wrong, or even if they didn't say this exactly like that, it's still true. It doesn't make it false. And it's like, actually, yes, it does. It so 100% yes, it does. <laughs> proves it false. So I think there's confirmation right. bias in there, but do you also think that there's like a pride barrier that's keeping people away from the truth? You know, like if you try to tell someone that they are wrong, oh, well, yeah. that makes them feel stupid, and now they're going to get defensive, and then- Get that yeah, butt shield up. Mm -hmm. I've, I have not thought about it that way, but I'm going to say, yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, I get defensive when, you know, I argue with my kids or my husband about something, you know, so it's like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, okay, and you're always but, right. Uh, so of course, of course I am. <laughs> right. Right. But that's a really good way of looking at it. And wow, if I was still a professor, I might actually take that on as a research topic. And, that's, and, that's really yeah, good. You could team up with the psychology department <laughs> because, because I re could. realistically, I think that's a huge part of it because you're asking somebody to suddenly question all of these things and that sweater will come unraveled. Yeah, yeah. like the that's Weezer a very song. Important part. That, that's a, yes, that's right. <laughs> so that's a very important part because what, what I think about is when I hear stuff like this, I think about me as a parent being told that my son or daughter is in school drawing pictures of peepees and, and boobies and things like that. And <laughs> naturally, I'm like, well, no, I don't want to believe that. No, no, there's no way in the world my kids are at school doing these things. I raise these damn they're kids. They're drawing so, violins. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, draw, they're drawing pictures of Encyclopedia Britannica's <laughs> and shit, man, because they really want to learn from the Encyclopedia and all this kind of stuff. But whatever you're saying to me is garbage because right. I choose to believe what I believe in first and foremost. Not necessarily the fact Correct. I want to believe in what I know to be true first. Right. So now, unconsciously or consciously, I already have a defense that, no, 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 you are wrong because of <laughs> who I want to believe in first and foremost, my kids. Correct. Right. You, you are almost precisely defining confirmation bias ah, because confirmation bias basically is, you know, <laughs> people want to believe what they already know or what they think is true. And they are just going to double down on that no matter what. And, you know, even when presented with evidence to the contrary, they will still resort to what they want to believe. And I'll give you I'll give you an example. And I'm embarrassed about this one. But I think that Matt can probably confirm this one. Uh, don't be so embarrassed because it was actually me who was drawing the PPs and boobies. Oh. Just, <laughs> we all knew. Like, like, yeah. 
I don't mean to mention any names. By the way, that was also yesterday. But also, yeah, also right? his, his drawing skills were subpar. Yeah. Subpar. Like, Have you yeah. Seen so we couldn't tell what they were. Um, so there's only two of them? Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so here we go. So I have a, a very, very bad Diet Coke addiction, okay? Like when I knew Matt, I was probably drinking seven or eight Diet Cokes a day. Now, I think at Matt, that time you had like the helmet, the like beer dispensing <laughs> helmet on your head. Exactly, the straw. right, right, right. I, I mainlined it, right? So I really, I really <laughs> like Diet Coke. I don't drink coffee. Um, but now I'm Matt, you'll be happy to know I drink like one a day now. And I feel like this is a huge improvement for me. I really am a fan of Diet Coke. So a long time ago when my mother, who is now deceased, she sent me some information about how Diet Coke would take the rust off your car fender. Uh, Diet Coke will make your stomach explode and also and I, you know it's like I don't want to hear this because I love Diet Coke you can't convince me otherwise right so this is my bias I even I mean I don't know whether Diet Coke will take the rust off your fender and I don't care um, <laughs> but but you know she, she was sending me information I didn't want to believe it I wanted something that would confirm my bias that Diet Coke is fine everything is good I need my little caffeine jolt I don't drink coffee so there's my confirmation bias I ignored her we will double down on what we want to believe so if you want to believe in an anti-vaccination or you know a, a rigged election you're more likely to seek those sources that confirm your bias I actually I think that was a good example I'm going to challenge it only to say from people who I know like for example smokers you can tell them mm -hmm. all day and they just don't want to hear it right they don't but the hear difference it. is I don't think it's that they don't believe it it's just that Hey, out of sight, out of mind. But mm. this is you essentially writing a thesis on how Diet Coke actually helps your immune system and <laughs> makes you a healthier person. And that's where we're at. But wait a minute. What about what cigarettes or Diet Coke does for me? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. You shared with us the trust barometer survey. And right. that And that Democrats had, took a three-point drop in trust of the mainstream media. But the conservatives and the Trump voters took a 15 point drop. Yeah. You know, trust in media has been going down for years, literally decades, right? So, you know, we no longer have Walter Cronkite. There's nobody like that anymore. You can go all over and you can find just about anything that once again confirms your bias, okay? It just keeps eroding and eroding and eroding because you can't give them the facts because they don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe what's right in front of them, or they don't want to believe the evidence, you know, and evidence is a big part of media literacy. What do you have that tells you this? I mean, Matt, you said something about, you know, your dad said something and you're saying, well, where did you get that? That's really the best question to not get in a big argument with people you disagree with. Well, how do you know that? And where's the evidence for it? But in the end, if they don't want to believe the evidence, there's just not much you can do except to continue to give them the news that you know is confirmed and authenticated and those kinds of things. What, what about when you don't want to believe it until it happens to you or someone that you love? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cognitive dissonance, which is yeah. pretty much taken over the last two years of America. <laughs> Damn shame. You know, my kid has been drawing the violins this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, LeJohn, stop that, drawing boobies. This is a real conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this, that, is, that is a great question. I have not done a lot of research on 
on that. They just don't want to believe it. And, and I don't know. I don't know. This is why Jan that. is the best freaking podcast guest for this episode, because instead of just telling us what she thinks, she said, I have not done enough research on this. Jan, you are you are our hero. <laughs> Okay, so this is not fake news. Our musical highlight of this episode is Kitten. Yes, Kitten. Like a baby cat. Uh, it's, an, uh, it's actually an American band fronted by the alien girl vocalist, Chloe Chidez. Uh, as a teenager, she wowed crowds and earned fans with her off-the-wall performances and earnest recordings. I guess the stars just aligned for her and placed her in the company of people like Charlie XCX. And as Kitten immersed themselves in Los Angeles's rich alternative pop scene, they had the Goodbye Honeymoon Phase EP released that fall. And they've been hard at work into 2021, taking the time to slow down and finish their long-awaited second full-length record. Check them out. So we are sampling some awesome coffee and some sweets from Joe Max Coffee. Uh, that's Joe Max with two X's. They have the best varieties of coffee beans and espresso in the country. And they also have pastries, bagel sandwiches. While I was there picking up um, all these goodies, I also got myself a nice little wrap and it was healthy and actually very delicious. And um, they make all their donuts in-house. What do you guys think about the the food? I love a good donut anyway, and that's a damn good donut. <laughs> I was really enjoying those donuts, man. And I'm honestly not a coffee drinker, but of course, for these purposes and everything, I'm going to take a sip, and I enjoy it. I had two cups of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why I'm ready to go. And I had the blueberry muffin, which was like amazing. They gave us scones. They had some brownies in there. Oh, I cookies. had a brownie. That brownie was delicious. Normally, we're still eating the food while we're doing the spot, but I think it was all gone within five minutes between three of us. Especially that chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, that, that uh, I broke in half on purpose to save somebody else. Then I went right back to it and ate the other half. <laughs> so, yeah. So Joe Max is at 7305 Chippewa Road in Brexville, Ohio. And uh, they also have other locations. They have a public square in Cleveland location. And then they have a Cleveland State University campus one. And they also have a Youngstown location. So they're growing. You can check them out at Joe Max. And that's with two X's. JoeMaxCoffee.com. You can find them on Facebook at Joe Max Coffee CLE for Cleveland. And on Instagram at Joe Max Coffee CLE. Mm, and in the meantime, I'm going to be slurping on this Joe Max Coffee. And murdering these donuts. Two words that are very similar but have been used interchangeably, usually incorrectly, are misinformation and disinformation. I feel like oh, before, yeah. okay. before we get further into this, we really need to talk about what each one is because they are specific to the term. 
Yeah, that's true. Okay, I have done research on this, so there you go. We'll talk about fake news. There's, and this is going to sound so strange, but there's like real fake news, and then there's fake news, the label, okay? So fake news is, has been around for a long time. I mean, like, I forget what it is, something. You were mentioning 6th century AD. 6th century, yeah. right? Something like that. And honestly, we've had fake news in this country, the whole Benjamin Franklin thing, the whole yellow journalism era. So we're talking about fake news. People have been used it to their own advantage or to make money for centuries right okay so that's that and propaganda you know you have propaganda yeah, for different, yeah yeah for different empires and different you know government structures i mean yeah propaganda is usually part of disinformation so when we talk about real how weird is that real fake news <laughs> we're talking about misinformation i see i hear you laugh misinformation <laughs> disinformation, um, hoaxes, and conspiracy theories go in there together, and then jokes or satire, okay? So misinformation is part of real fake news, okay? So it's false or inaccurate information. It's misleading, but it's uh, usually unintentional. So, it, you know, it could be... Um, Let's go back to my mom and the Diet Coke. She didn't know whether Diet Coke really took the rust off your car, right? But, you know, she she was in unintentionally sending me that, in, you know, that information. It could be right. It could be false. It could It's misinformation, okay? Why would it be considered misinformation without you knowing it's Yeah, well, I'm going to say that it is because I, I don't actually know that it's oh, true. Oh, okay. So if I, if I can <laughs> okay. chime in here, at least from my understanding and the research I've done, misinformation Information is basically on the personal, like the person to person, like P2P kind of messaging and communication. Right. And it's unintentionally misleading. Well, unintentional or just lazy. Because I feel like lazy, lazy, lazy does fall in there. It's all lazy. Yeah, Yeah. I would say that. It's not that this person is going out of their way to mislead you to to try to like do something horrible. It's it's this person going like uh, blue is the best color. You know, it's like, right. what, a, you know. Did you hear that? Um, I read this article that grasshoppers uh, see in blue and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. exactly. exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. So, okay, will take the rest off your yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Misinformation. So the whole thing has to do with intent or, Matt, I'm going to I'm gonna steal that and use that in my next articles about, about that and say lazy. So it's unintentional or lazy or for whatever reason, that's misinformation. Disinformation, what we were talking about about before propaganda that is false or inaccurate information that's intentional right it's we intend for you to have this information even though it's wrong we know it's wrong we're trying to mislead you it's intentional misleading and it's propaganda and this also has been going on for years centuries decades companies use this sometimes advertising is you know disinformation um i think i sent you an example but if you think about the whole vietnam war domino theory that was intentional yeah disinformation information about why the country had to go to Southeast Asia, right? And fight that war. That was intentional. Jan, I'm sure you saw the movie Wag the Dog, right? Yes, 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 yes. That's my favorite form. I mean, satire kind of way, but that's my favorite, like uh, what I always think of when I think of disinformation. They they essentially create a war that never existed for political gain. For political gain, exactly. So from my limited knowledge with PR, I feel like, uh, I think it was Eddie Bernays who's coined with being Oh, like Bernays, the, yeah. Yeah, and he was the nephew of Freud. Mm-hmm. So, I believe that's right. Yeah, and I, I remember one of the first 
campaigns when I was there was uh, for the women's suffrage movement. And they all. Yes, you're right. Like, yeah. It's like we're all going to smoke these Lucky Strike cigarettes in the middle right. of the street. And um, in the Easter parade in New York City. Yes. That's what it was. They're going to smoke the cigarette. Women are going to smoke cigarettes in the Easter parade in New York City. Yeah. And so it's just like you're trying to make the connection or you're trying to make the um, I would say the audience make the connection of like, oh, well, cigarettes equals women's rights. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And you're just selling cigarettes. Sometimes a cigarette is just a cigarette. <laughs> you see what I did there? I see exactly what you that did. That was a there. deep cut. <laughs> right. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So, um, <laughs> Joe, you're right about that. You're right about Eddie Bernays. He was brilliant. He understood how, how to, um, I, I don't want, I'm going to say this word, but it's not the word I'm t- truly comfortable with, but how to manipulate people into thinking these are the things they need or they want or, or whatever it is. You know, the whole idea of having a big, healthy breakfast, but people just basically had bread and toast and, you know, still in some parts of Europe, a continental breakfast. That's what it is. People don't have these huge, giant breakfasts. That was a, all a PR, PR campaign. The whole PR campaign about diamonds are forever. Diamonds are our girl's best friend. Diamonds are not really the best gemstone that, you know, people are saying, you know, how they're mined and then marketed. It's all just an idea. I want to have this because it makes me look good. Same with the cigarettes and the Easter parade. So you're right. I mean, and part of part of some some parts of advertising can be propaganda. I mean, we study that and And so if you think about propaganda, disinformation, misinformation, disinformation, parts of fake news, along with hoaxes, conspiracy theories and satire. So that's real fake news. And what's what's really scary about that is, according to one of the recent polls, at least worldwide, I think it's currently unless this was a couple of years ago, businesses are considered more of a credible source of fact and information than governments that and, can't be and then the media. And so if, if the businesses are, they're the ones putting out the advertisements. They're the ones doing the manipulation of facts to try to sell you something. Well, and I was going to say, if you're trying to sell a product, I used to work for a studio in New York that would do these things called satellite media tours. And mm-hmm. it would be this prepackaged, lightly veiled as news. Like, I'm a doctor. I'm going to tell you to stay right. healthy this season. Vitamin C, sleep, and coldies. Coldies, this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. Now, that's right. a little bit more obvious. You should be able to see that that's an ad. But mm-hmm. I think right now we've kind of, we're in some uncharted waters where news is it's all an ad we just don't know <laughs> what yeah. they're selling us and it's almost like a fear-mongering tactic well, some of it okay. really is selling products too i mean you sure, know the that's thing- the safe that's the real fake news <laughs> She's right about that. I mean, there's a lot of study about video news releases that a PR company produces them. They send them off to TV stations. TV stations insert them in the news. They don't say that they're that they actually have a sponsor. And so you and you can pretty much tell a video news release. I mean, I look for them all the time. And in like the news. if they're owned by like Sinclair or something, all the stations have to play this particular thing and they they really have no say. Uh, yes. I mean, if you're talking about the specific Sinclair situations that I think I'm guessing you're familiar with and I'm familiar with, where they were forced to run an editorial, um, pretty much, um, it was political and people quit over it. You know, that's true. I am not familiar with Sinclair's current business practices, but I do know that they 
tend to lean more conservative. And so some people really bristle at that in terms of the new selection, what they're allowed to do. But it's propaganda. Company created propaganda. Obviously, people are in each other's pockets. And that happens across the board, left and right. They're all guilty. I don't want to be cynical, though. I mean, oh my gosh, you're so right, and I'm learning so much listening to you guys. No, Just you don't learn from us, please. But wait, 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 wait. We wait, do wait. need to take one step back, and as much as I try not to say this man's name on this podcast as much as humanly possible, he has to come up because, my God, he's the one who screamed it from the mountaintops. Okay. Donald Trump <laughs> is the one who really blasted fake news into modern culture. I mean, right, he, he, I, did, he did so much. He and the people who reinforced it did so much damage because before then, the average person might say, I mean, you know, the, the quote unquote media's liberal kind of mindset. But saying, I don't know, they have a bias to saying they're just full of shit and they're all liars is a huge jump. And it right, wouldn't have been possible right. without Donald Trump. Well, uh, it might have been possible. But let me just say that when we're talking about fake news now, so what I described for you, the misinformation, disinformation, all that stuff, the actual fake news, that's one thing. Now, fake news, as espoused by Donald Trump, is the label. And that's a label that was just hurled at usually mainstream media um, so that people would stop listening to them. And honestly, it's it's brilliant if you think about the way it was used and it was used to his benefit and it was used to cast aspersions, cast a doubt on what the media was reporting and used to brilliant effect to look, look at what happened. It's like when a woman is talking about her feelings and a guy's like, you're crazy or, oh, you must be on your period. It's gaslighting. Yeah, exactly. It's gaslighting. Yeah. It's gaslighting. You know what? You are so right about that. And there, I mean, there were, there are stories. I have done the research on this too. I didn't bring it with me in my car, so I don't have it. But, um, but the he mobile said, office. I think, yeah, I know my mobile office, Donald Trump said, and I think he said it to Diane Sawyer. And he said, the reason I use it is so people will stop listening to you. It was for his benefit. It was always for his benefit. I think he knew, I truly believe he knew what was true and what was not true. But if he said, that's fake news, you're fake news, that's a terrible thing, you're a terrible person, people start saying, oh, yeah, well, he's the president and he must know what he's taught, right? Which I don't care what nobody right? says, makes the man the genius. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry. let's let's not start throwing around the G word when around him. When it comes him. down to the bullshit, <laughs> when it comes down to, to peddling bullshit and everything and creating bullshit, who does it better? I'm going to agree. What, what I was getting at is convince me that anybody other than Donald Trump would have made it happen. Yeah, he 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 got out on the platform. But the fact that people followed him in droves is what is kind of mind numbing. It, it is. It is shocking. I'm not saying there's no one like him ever, but. To have a personality that big and to have people start to question everything around them in their entire existence and say, maybe he's right. Maybe everybody is a liar. Maybe I should do this. I mean, that's that's a pretty big win for. Remember, people are looking around for something. They need something to believe and they want to believe it. And so they're going to continue to listen to that. It all goes back to the idea that it will make me sick if I don't agree with this. I believe this. Right. They can find sources now 
that they couldn't have found in, say, decades past that confirm what he says, okay? So there are all kinds of television stations now that you can watch that didn't report anything about the riot in the Capitol on January 6th, just as if it didn't happen, right? So if you don't want to know it, if you don't want to see it, if you don't want to confront what that means for our society, you don't have to. You have so many options and your options are online and your options are in print and your options are on television. And people consume that when when it confirms what they want to believe. Talking about if you give people information that they don't want to believe that they get sick. Well, they can feel, they can feel sick. Uh, more conservative people are not trusting the media. They're starting to get physically sick because they want something to believe in. Do you think that there is a correlation between like being religious and in a world where it's like you're questioning conservative values and then you just also don't want to believe the news because it's making you have like a spiritual crisis? You know, once again, you guys are the the best interviewers. Oh, my gosh. I don't. I, honestly, I I don't know about that, but I love the question about that. I do, I do want to step back one second and say not everybody who's confronted with, you know, things that they don't believe in actually feels like, you know, I'm going to vomit sick. But there is research that shows it will make people feel unsettled. It will make them feel sick, like nauseated. Right. I don't know. But it's it's really thought provoking, I must say. Do you think if all of the news anchors would start with their news being like, I hate to tell you this, but <laughs> would it help? Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have a job. <laughs> so two of our three daughters are back home now and I have the news on all day long. They're like, we can't stand it. This is too much. It's too much news, right? And honestly, I'm going to tell you something and, and I have not confessed this to anybody yet, but I'm watching this and and I'm somewhat buoyed by, you know, the change in leadership. And I hear the new president Biden come on and say, I will tell you the truth. And then they tell me the truth. And it's like, Oh no, this you know, it's like, Oh, but would I rather like, I guess what I rather do. And I'm, I, I I know I do this. I, I see other people telling me stuff I don't believe, and I just scream and yell at them. So, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, so, I don't, that poor I, Acme yeah. cashier. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, geez, can you believe it? Can I, I want to go back and actually address this because I knew I had heard something before back in August of 2020. NPR did a interview about how QAnon conspiracy was spreading into Christian communities across the mm-hmm. U.S. And so to say that there is a correlation, I think there absolutely is. I don't think it means if you're somebody who's religious or faith-based, you're more susceptible. I think it comes down to the more charismatic and more like deep-rooted where the church itself, whatever religion you're in, whatever you call that church— Uh, The more that they have you disassociate yourself with community, because there's this idea in certain religions, culture is bad. You know, secular culture Uh is bad. Mm -hmm. Only the holy culture is good. So you disassociate yourself. I don't know. I I think there is a correlation for the, the churches that already run themselves like mini cults. I think there's a huge correlation. 
but it's so worth exploring. Honestly, you got, I mean, I, we should like co-write a paper. I'll be happy to give you all credit for it. Sure. <laughs> give us your license plate and we'll meet you at your office. <laughs> yeah. Just flash the headlights of your office at us when you're ready for the pickup. <laughs> You you started to get into this, and of course, we took you down a different rabbit hole, but the four elements that create actual fake news, which unfortunately, that term, like it pisses me off when I hear someone say fake news, because it's like, you're probably talking about real news that you just don't like. Right. But actual fake like, news, right. what makes up actual fake news? So as I said, misinformation, the unintentional transfer of information to this misleading disinformation, which you can basically consider propaganda, but it's a, an actual campaign. It's disinformation. It's known, it's intentional, and it's misleading. And then there's hoaxes and conspiracy theories. And of course, there are tons of those all around. My favorite hoax perpetrated in, I think it was like 2009, where um, this couple in, I think it was Utah or Colorado, said that their son, you know, was in this alien spaceship shaped hot air balloon and he had drifted away. Oh my and, God, um, I hadn't thought oh yeah, about you that until you just brought it up. Balloon boy? Balloon boy, balloon right? Yes. Balloon boy. Okay, so yeah, and that was all, it was all a hoax because there, the kid was never in the balloon, but it cost thousands of dollars for the, you know, the police and medical personnel and, you know, they stopped air traffic around it and all that stuff. And really, if you think about it, the news got sucked into that because it's like, wait, could a six-year-old boy at that weight actually be in a hot air balloon drifting away like that? I don't, anyway, whatever. That was a big, big hoax perpetrated on the whole world, but mostly it turned out that that couple wanted to get a reality show. And of course, they went to jail and now recently <laughs> i think their sentences have been commuted or they finished out their sentences or something like that. but think about big 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 scale hoaxes that was a big one right that's another part of actual fake news and then of course jokes and satire which you know you're right you're right about the onion and snl and but let me tell you something some people can't tell the difference. I was giving a talk about fake news to a senior group at the Cuyahoga Falls Public Library. I was doing this one with computers so they could look stuff up on the computer and they could see fake news websites and stuff like that. And I told them to pull up something on The Onion. If you're familiar with The Onion, right on the very first page, on, on every page, it says a satire website, right? It's, it's, it's absolutely labeled every time. And I have a lovely, lovely woman say to me, but it has to be true. It's on the internet. And honestly, you know, Matt knows this. I am never at a loss for words, except now when I'm laughing with you guys. Also when she's laughing at the senior citizen trying to learn how to <laughs> No, use I didn't. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't laugh. I was, I was truly, I, there's an English word for it. It's called gobsmacked. Yeah. I was I was just struck dumb by that. And, you know, I don't want to say that people are gullible or people are vulnerable or certain age groups are vulnerable. But honestly, we know that there are people who can't tell something when it's a joke. And and even though it's truly yeah. labeled, like, it must be true. It's on the Internet. Like the Barowitz report has literally yes. right oh under my gosh. not the news because not people can, news. people could not tell the difference because let's be honest we live in a time where it's hard to tell reality from satire yeah it's true that's true i also believe that there used to be in the in the 70s we would romanticize journalism more you you hold that job up on a pedestal you would believe it more right so then maybe right, this right. older woman who's seeing something on the internet not realizing that just any 16-year-old could put something on their right. blog right. Um, is considered news. I mean, I understand how you would think that, like, 
well, I got to trust them. How'd they get this up here? Right. It was truly, truly a a moment I could not respond. So those are the elements, the usual elements of actual fake news. And then the label fake news is all the other things, the way you hurl the words at mainstream media to discredit them in the eyes of anybody else. And we already talked about how people have used that to their own gain and it works. I mean, you see people say, oh, that's fake news, that's fake news, without knowing anything about news, how news is gathered, whether it is, whether it isn't, without considering the evidence. They don't know anything about it, but they know the term is disparaging and that's enough. Yeah. So I want to talk just a tiny bit because this is its own episode the conspiracy theory element to it, because unfortunately we've seen that become, you know, mainstream. These used to be things we would laugh about. Like people didn't really walk on the moon. I love that one myself personally, or that JFK and Elvis are still alive and living together. I mean, that one's a funny, I like that one. (laughs) They're they're Bert and Ernie. Those are are fantastic. Yeah. Tupac's still alive. He's roaming around somewhere. And, And so, you know, we, we accepted those for what they were, but then now we've seen this huge thing where it's like, large segments of our of our culture believe in these things there's somebody who uh my wife and i started following on tiktok her name is abby richards on twitter at abby a-b-b-i-e-a-s-r and essentially she created this conspiracy theory chart and it's actually brilliant and i just i want to touch on it real quick because i think one of the common misconceptions too is that a conspiracy theory means it's fake but it's not, as in conspiracies actually have happened. Uh, you know, you have right, Watergate. True. Watergate was actually a conspiracy. So, like, if somebody didn't have facts, you could call it a conspiracy theory, but then it was proven. It's kind of an upside down pyramid. So, it starts at the bottom where you have it's grounded in reality. And then it, as it moves up, it becomes more detached from reality and more dangerous. So, you have like Pizzagate and QAnon and the whole George Soros thing and the, the right. moon landing. So we we talked back and forth, and unfortunately, she couldn't come on the show because I would have loved to do an episode on this. She'd be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she talks about each thing individually and tries to, like, break it down at a very digestible level where it's like, here's here's why people believe this. Here's why they get attached to it. Here's why they have a hard time leaving it. And as this as this pyramid moves up, it goes from, like, speculation to leaving reality to science denial and then, of course, she has the top, like the anti-Semitic point of no return, which for some reason, a lot of these are definitely attached to anti-Semitism. And I, I really don't understand that. You know, like people who are Holocaust deniers, like that's just so, oh, right, right. you know, that's that's so dangerous. I wonder what she would say or if she said anything about the conspiracy theories about that um, Sandy Hook didn't happen. Yeah. And no, she definitely touches all- on all that. Does she? Because I've met, I've actually talked to the journalism teachers at Parkland High School. I've been to Parkland. I've talked to them. I've talked to their students. I know, I mean, I know it happened and I would love to hear how that got to be that it didn't happen, how you could deny that. I'm fascinated by those kinds of things, those specific things that have so much tragedy behind them. So this is me speculating, but Occam's razor leads me to believe that it had everything to do with gun control laws and political gain in that sense. Oh, I see. Because the people saw that there was going to be a fallout in gun control rights uh, because kids were now getting their hands on these assault rifles and able to easily kill lots of people in a short period of time. And so what is the best way to, to combat that? Well, fake news is already a term. Let's throw that out there and let's call it a conspiracy. 
Oh, I, I, I have to get that. I am fascinated by this whole idea of conspiracy theories. And I think sometimes they can be very dangerous. And I think yeah, conspiracy and that's theories- one of those. Can you imagine being the parent of one of the kids who died and you have some asshole right. like Alex Jones on Infowars right. saying right. that these were all, uh, you know, event actors? I'm disgusted to my core. But I, I mean, what worries me about conspiracy theories now, we're in a pandemic, right? And there's a bunch of people who say it's all a hoax. You know what? I got to go to CVS, like hopefully when I'm done here, um, you know, if I don't like get arrested sitting in the park. There's um, <laughs> obviously a drug deal going on. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, honest. are there middle schoolers knocking on the window right now? Is that right. Right here? Hey lady, how much for a yeah. dime bag? I know, right? But I, I've actually heard somebody at the cashier say, this is all hoax. I don't have to wear a mask. Well, you know what? I, that scares me. It really does. It scares me. So it's like, no, this isn't a hoax. And, you know, this isn't a conspiracy. And there are, what is it now? I forget how many dead people. And you're just going to go around saying that it isn't that. That to me is super, super dangerous. I mean, two great examples, Sandy Hook and the pandemic. But basically, Alex Jones going out there and saying Sandy Hook was fake. And then people going out there like Rush Limbaugh saying flat out as fact, it's a hoax. This thing is a hoax. The liberal left are trying to scare you. And this whole thing is not what it's supposed to be. It's to get control over you. But now we're seeing that people can actually sue. And I think I, you know, I, I hate to jump ahead, but. I feel like the one thing we can do to combat it is capitalism. We can actually use it for good, which is to sue the people as they should be, because free speech is not protected when it's just flat out lies. Well, you're basically you're yelling fire in a movie theater, right? Is that could you are yelling bomb on an airplane? Yeah. I mean, sure. That's not covered under free speech because it's inciting a riot. Scary times. <laughs> Scary times. <laughs> Insurrection. Yeah, that's good. Insurrection. Oh my gosh. You know. Money seems to be the only thing people will respond to. And if, if we have to leverage that for good, maybe that's one way to get through it. Here's what I think. I think that it almost everything is worth a try now because I just don't know how things could get much worse. Right. I mean, I just think there's there's so much dangerous disinformation out there. There There's so many scary conspiracy theories out there. The world is just I I just feel like sometimes it's just not safe. That makes me a Pollyanna. Sorry. No, we need to we need to pour some Diet Coke on this whole situation. (laughs) But, But this this is why I love time and karma. We really don't have to do anything because it's going to take care of itself. I mean, those who believe that the pandemic is a hoax and everything, wait till that hoax hits you in the face. Wait till it hits you in your lungs. Yeah. Like with the QAnon. A lot of these people are out at sea going, oh, we were duped. Yeah. And it's like, yes, and hold on to that feeling and don't let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. then you won't be duped again, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, you probably would. I mean, to LeJean's point, I'm, I so believe in karma. I really do believe in karma. You know, how long does that take? You know, <laughs> because past I mean, our lifetimes, how, unfortunately. Right, exactly. You know, so I mean, I want the world to be a better place for my children. I mean, my kids are adults and I still want it to be a better place for them. And I, I sort of would like to live my retirement in peace. <laughs> So, and not in the car. Um, so I'm sure it's a great car. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds wonderful. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Uh, you have not become jaded after all these years of being in this field. And that, to me, that's that's inspiring in and of itself. So <laughs> I, I'm envious because it, uh, it's, it's real work every day to not become cynical. 
it goes back to the Gandhi, the quote that's always attributed to him, be the change you wish to see in the world, which means you, me, and the people in this room cannot fix this problem, but we can sure as hell make a dent in our circles. That's all we can do. And this this podcast is part of that. I hope so. Jan, you've absolutely given us all kinds of information and and enlightenment on this subject. And to me, that's awesome. I do want to make sure you, you share. I, I feel like you coined this term about why people believe fake news. You mean infobesity? Infobesity. Did you coin that? I did not. I did not, but I do like it. Although I will say right here that I get how like labels around fat shaming can make that a really difficult term for people. It has nothing to do with the size of someone's body. It's However, just large. Correct. I really like your note to yourself. Uh, in Jan, be notes. careful. Oh, yeah. Jan, be careful with Jan, this be term. be careful with this term. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Infobesity, if you, th- I mean, what, as I understand it, and I, I do like the term, although I want to be careful about the term, but you know, the, the term, if you think about it, it's just that bombarding of news. It's just too much. I can't take anymore. And so that's where we're getting. We're getting to where it's infobesity. I'm only going to take what I either like or believe or can deal with, and I'm not going to take anymore. And that's scary to me. I'm an information person, right? So it's like, whoa, we really need to have a big steady diet of all kinds of different sources. And we need to be able to ask, well, how do we know this? And what's the evidence for this? And what's the authority for this? And who else is reporting this? But, you know, when we get infobesity, then we're like, oh. Even people who are informed, like yourself, I think we still overindulge sometimes to a detriment. Yeah, I I do too. And, you know, it's it's like, uh, so all summer long, I try to walk around my neighborhood just to like get some movement. And I run into my neighbors who I really, really like, who would say, you know, oh, the media, you can never trust the media. And it's like, I could certainly, I feel like I am well um, positioned to make a really good argument about that. And I just couldn't deal with it. You know, like, yeah. And so, you know, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Nice shoes. Yeah. 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 When's your siding going up? (laughs) And let's not act like these people who uh, may think, think different or whatnot are misinformed. Oh, they're informed about something may not be exactly what we already know to be true and real. Doesn't make them uninformed. As jacked up as it sounds, now I guess I'm just being objective here. We got it. We got to respect that. Uh, so here, here's where I'm going to argue with you. Here we go. This is what this show is about. Uh-huh. Right? Too much, too much uh, patting each other on the back. Infobeties. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm throwing my parents under the bus again here. I was talking with my mom right before Christmas, and I said, I really don't think you guys need to all be getting together because you're not in the same bubble. And all of the science researchers are all saying that there is going to be a huge spike in COVID cases because people are getting together. And there were kids over there and the kids are out and about and can be carriers, even though they're not showing it. And my mom said, Matt, we understand. We know how you feel. You know, we have to respect each other's opinions. And I said, I respect your opinion, but when it comes to fact and science, your opinion doesn't matter. COVID does not give a shit how you feel about it. it. You cannot pray it away. You cannot wish it away. You know what? I have become the black sheep of my family because I will not let this kind of stuff go. Is it because their belief in getting together for this cause was greater than the facts? Yes. They actually said to me, Matt, we are not going to live the rest of our lives cooped up inside of our house out of fear. Fuck fear. And I said, fear has nothing to do with it. I said, why do you wear a seatbelt? 
why don't you just pray that Jesus takes the wheel and drives you home safely? Come on. <laughs> it's mind-numbing. It's sad. This, like, the disagreements are breaking people apart. Here's the thing. I, I don't even agree to disagree anymore. I just disagree and move on. You know, it's like, <laughs> that concerns me in terms of a civil society, you know, a democracy, um, you know, the, the kinds of things that make, that make you drive on the right side of the road. I mean, I really worry about that kind of thing where we can't, we can't agree to disagree. And I can't, you know, and, no, oh, you, that, and you shouldn't because, you know, the way I try to appeal to my parents is because they're, you know, they're very involved in church. And I said, listen, you guys raised me and you instilled in me some really good, you know, some really good morals and ethics. And as a Christian, the number one thing you're supposed to be doing is seeking the truth. And there is only one truth. And, and how can you then say, well, but it's up to your opinion and your and your feelings and, you know, which side of the bed you woke up on today. It's like, no, that that's not it's not how this world works. So how can you tell me this out of one side of your mouth and say this out of the other? It just I Jan, I'm with you. I cannot agree to disagree anymore because it's not about your opinion. It's about what's actually happening. Fake math. Right. Yeah. Fake right, math. Right. I know it's scary. It's a scary time. So that maybe we can start at a point of understanding when talking to somebody who just absolutely, you know, will pull out whatever they can to reaffirm their own stance. How do we recognize fake news and disinformation? Are there telltale signs that tell us right from the get go? You know, there are. Um, and so I'm glad you asked. Um, there there are like some general tips. There are some things that are specific to, say, news online, which is where a lot of fake news lives and gets spread around. And then there are things like artificial intelligence and things like that. So in general, the thing, the main thing to remember is consider the source. And it's, you know, what you said about how do you know that? I mean, that's the most important question to ask somebody is, how do you know that? You can say, well, what is the evidence for that? I mean, those are, those are two really civil, I think, courteous, you know, questions to ask that should have people start questioning, you know, where do we know that? So consider the source. Also check the author of something. And by check the author, it would be, you know, go to Google, put the name in and find out, is this a real person, right? Yeah. How many real people, are, you know, or fake people made up names. Now, there are some common names. There are some other kinds of things. But if it's like, you know, does XYZ person write for the XYZ broadcast, that, sh that should tell you something. And then also check the date of something. A lot of people get sucked into fake news or satire because the date are all off you know so like was that something that happened three years ago was that something that happened you know just recently when, when was this so check the source check the author check the date ask yourself and most people don't do this could this really be a joke you know you should really ask that check your own biases we could talk about clickbait there's so much you know outrageous outlandish stuff where the headline is just meant to suck you in that's clickbait right so could it be clickbait and Snopes. Snopes is a good site for fact-checking. Snopes is wonderful. I, I truly love Snopes. And it's unbiased, right? Yeah. Well, it is. supposed to be. I mean, as in they have people across the board. But that's the thing. If you choose to believe it's fake, then it's fake to you. And there's right. nothing we can do about nothing, you there. Nothing you can do but about it. But if you at least right. try to fact-check. Yeah. Uh, my dad and I were <laughs> in one of our earlier arguments. By the way, I love my dad to death. Um, and we can we can yell at each other and still be best friends. I said, well, Dad, here's the problem. You're voting for Donald Trump and Donald Trump refuses to condemn white supremacists. I go, that's a that's a big problem. 
And he said, no, he did condemn them. I go, no, he didn't. During the debate, he he stuttered and said anything other than actually condemning them. He told them to stand back and stand by. And they all took that as, a, OK, we're ready. And he said, Matt, no, that's not true. And he sent me a Fox News clip where he actually did go on Hannity after the fact and condemn white supremacists. Now, this was obviously covered by the fact that he then got COVID and gave COVID to a bunch of people. And so it got buried in the news. But what I did was I followed up with my dad and I said, you know what? You're absolutely correct. He did go on Fox News and say it. I said, it would have been far more meaningful if he would have said it to the demographic who needed to hear it. But instead he said it on Fox. But it's, you know, I'm far past the point of caring about being right. But it has to be that. And I am willing to eat crow if it means using facts and data all day. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, using facts and data should, should be helpful. Right. Um, <laughs> should be. <laughs> should be. It should be. What do we say to the ones where you say, well, we'll prove it. How do you know that? And they say, God told me and then just walk away. Well, I, I think that's for comedic relief. I it, think. It, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. I ride a unicorn to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just as you're telling me, Okay, God told you you walk away. I hear that, or your other garbage, and I walk away too. Yeah, you know, and, and that and that's okay though, right? Uh, yeah. I I just think it depends on what kind of relationship you have with that person, and if you care if it has meaning. Because I don't know how you build meaningful emotion and empathy and all of these things that build a relationship with somebody who lives in an alternate reality. You're talking about the list, and let me say this real fast. You have to have a mental list. As I'm on the freeway and somebody cuts me off, as you cut me off, I'm supposed to, by society standards, get pissed off and everything, uh, you know, ride your bumper and let you know how much you pissed me off by cutting me off and everything. No, I check my list in my mind and say, you know what, for people who deserve any kind of emotion from me, you are not on my list. So go on. Can we do this with these type of examples? Because you can have your opinion. I can respect it. But as far as me getting emotional about it, you're you, you not can't, on my list. No, because if it's about facts and you're having an opinion about a fact, if it's not, I mean, that's then you're just like turning this whole hamster wheel of society like off a cliff. And you can't be a part of that. Or you're not allowed to drive drunk because you can hurt other people. Like right. you shouldn't be allowed to be spouting lies. And it's not your opinion. And it's not like, oh, I'm not going to be mad about it. You you have a moral obligation to be intelligent or at least to not spew your idiocy. And maybe I'm, we're, we're, I'm getting kind of off the topic and everything. And maybe I'm going a little too far and too deep. But is the point, is it making sense though? Because- Well, okay. So somebody comes up to me and this conversation actually happened over the summer. And they said, what, you, you support Black Lives Matter? I go, yeah, of course. Like, don't you want equality? And they said, well, they're a terrorist organization. All they're doing is burning down buildings and looting. <laughs> and do, like, which if is, it's just... Which look, is literally funny to me, but go if ahead. It's, if, well, if it's one guy in a tinfoil hat, you know, screaming naked in public square, fine. Yeah, I'm like, how'd you make that hat? <laughs> but when they're sending other people articles, this whole thing is about repopulating other people's inboxes with your nonsense and your theories. And hate spreads way faster than anything else. Well, yeah, and it's also like... How, so did Hitler, how did Hitler blame all the Jews? Like, that's how he started the Holocaust. He's like, you know, they're actually to blame for why you have to take a barrel of uh, Deutschmarks to get a loaf of bread. And people start believing it. Like, you should... That is yelling fire in a movie theater. Okay. It's actually burning down a movie theater. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jan is like, what the hell are we talking about anymore? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. I'm totally cool. 
how do we combat it? Because we, I do believe we have to actively combat it in order for there not to be a breaking point and a civil war. Here are some things. This is actually from the News Literacy Project. They, they really are a wonderful um, nonprofit organization, essentially trying to inform people about news literacy. And so, first of all, pause. Don't let your emotions get in the way here. You know, don't let your emotions rule you know, try to be calm. I, once again, I'm Italian, right? I'm totally about emotions. So this is not easy for me, but I think it's an important thing to do. The next thing to do is really to look for or ask for verification or authentication. And if people can't provide it, or, you know, you can tell it's from a certain source, then just say that's from this source. But the main thing is don't share it. So don't talk about it. Don't, don't send it online, you know, that kind of thing. And I think some of the social media sites are finally getting onto this now. They're flagging things. They're, you know, instituting some rules about what what you can and can't say and can't do and those kinds of things. And I think more of that is necessary. But I don't want to be the one to say we need more regulation. You know, I'm all about free speech. I, I worry about, you know, regu legal regulation. But I do think pausing, not getting emotional, asking for verification and not sharing makes a lot of sense. Fabulous. Here, here's my two cents on it. Just continue to speak the truth and don't settle for anything less. I'm not saying you have to start a fight with people. And I, too, am Italian and really bad at not getting emotional when it comes to people. <laughs> when it comes to people I care about, because it's like, I care about you, damn it. Why are you being so stupid? And I'm sure they feel the same way about me. But at the end of the day, there is there is fact and there is fiction. But I think standing for fact and truth is important. And I will die on that hill because otherwise, what are, what are we doing here? Well, remember what Daniel Patrick Moynihan said, you're entitled to your own opinion, but not your own set of facts. And the problem I think today is that everybody has their own set of facts, right? So, you know, we can, we can say as much as we want that we, we believe to be true, but if people don't think it's true, they're, it's not going to matter. Uh, I just have one quote by Edward R. Murrow. The guy, the journalist. To be pervasive, we must be believable. To be believable, we must be credible. To be credible, we must be truthful. Good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to visit again. This is such an important topic. Keep talking about it. Um, you know, look at look at truth sometime. And yeah, just just it was a pleasure. Thank you. To, to that, I say keep doing what you're doing, Jan, which is just a educate other people in any way you can. And absolutely, I will, whatever that means, I would love to keep this conversation going and collaborate and continue to try to spread truth. You guys, this was so much fun for me. Good. Thank you so much for being on. We brought you out of retirement. Yes. One yes, more game. Yes, did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to our musical guest, Kitten. You can check them out on Instagram at kittentheband, kittentheband.com, and you can also find them on Spotify. And thank you for our snack sips and sweets highlight of the week, Joe Max Coffee. Once again, you can find them at Joe Max, that's Max with two X's, joemaxcoffee.com. So what did you think about this episode? And be honest, let us know by leaving us a review, you know, sharing your thoughts and subscribing and be a cool person. Tell a friend.
we just went there. Now you can go to the goingtherepodcast.com for links to our socials and all the places you can hear the podcast. This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsay Baker, Tyler Kubisti, Michael Madgar, Joe Callie, and Bobby Thomas. Wow.